Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing. I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Dolores Andrew. Dolores has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a speaker, as an author, as a wellness trainer. Dolores is a holistic life coach. She's an assertiveness coach. She's a master medical Reiki practitioner, an EFT therapist, and a podcaster. So, Dolores, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dolores, and you're so welcome. And Dolores, can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here? Sure, Brian. Absolutely. Yes. The the, the journey of life. Hey, what? So I suppose when I'm telling this, I'm telling it through the lens of joining the dots backwards, because I don't think a lot of my journey was was done consciously. It was the way it happened. And now I can see, you know, why those different paths took me on different ways and how decisions I made led me on one path and brought me to where I am. So when I wanted, when I left school, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to college and I wanted to study business studies and concentrate on marketing. But that was way back in the um, in the late eighties, and it wasn't really um, something that I hate to say the word I wasn't encouraged. But I guess you know it was I would have been the first in my family to go to college, and my my mother, God bless her, um, wanted me to get a solid job and to get paid. So it wasn't anything that was done from badness. So I ended up anyway, not going to college and um, going and doing a secretarial course and the same secretarial course my sister had done and following her into the same legal job where she was. And I ended up working in that same office for 15 years um, in law as a legal secretary and did a diploma in legal studies finally in 2004 um, when, my, when I was pregnant, actually, I was doing the certificate and then did the diploma the following year. So it wasn't a self-chosen career, the law, um, but it served me until the recession of 2008, when the catalyst was, you know, there was, I was working in conveyancing, there was no conveyancing in, you know, that's what happened, the the bubble burst. So um, it coincided actually with the birth of my second son, and I found myself that I had no career, and I was um, a stay-at-home mom of a five-year-old and a newborn baby. So, I mean, I embraced, obviously, motherhood, uh, delighted to have the time to spend with my sons. But there was there's always a calling um, to do more and to get back into the workforce. Um, but it's a scary place when, you know, you find yourself in some ways having just this one thing law. Um, and, it's you know, there was no way I could kind of go to a different legal office because it just it wasn't happening at the time. And what I did was I through my journey actually with my sons it was through them that I started having more of a, a of a, a calling towards wellness and when I say calling I use that in a way that I became you know listening to what I want I really wanted and what my passions were so whilst I was working in law all those years as well through the ni- early 90s and through the 90s I was very involved with Junior Chamber in Galway and did lots of project work dealing with the business community in Galway and also the, you know, charitable foundations. We had lovely Easter egg project in that. So I had a, I was unconsciously, I suppose, and this is where you joined the dots backwards. 
I was really working for my passion in the volunteer work I, I was doing. And I'm still a volunteer. I went from junior chamber in the 90s until, and I'm definitely, I'm too old for, I'm a senator of junior chamber now, but too old to be actively involved, but I'm still doing a bit of training with them. But I went on to be a scout leader with, a uh, beaver leader with my kids for seven years. And I'm now very involved with the GA as a volunteer as well. So I think I found my outlet is what I'm trying to say, you know, for what I really, my passions were through the volunteer work I did rather than the legal career that wasn't my choice. But that has actually been um, wonderful in and of itself. And my journey has definitely been to find my voice so that when I have a passion, I follow it and not be influenced and to have the assert and that's where the assertiveness comes in, you know, to be assertive assertive enough to say, actually, this is what I want to follow. Um, I this is my where I feel I, I'm guided towards working in this area, let's say. And if I had done back that back in the 80s, my life would have been very different. You know, I would have gone off and I would have done my marketing degree and who knows where that would have taken me but it's all good and it, you know our stories are what our stories are have taken us to where they are and they certainly make us stronger so I look at that whole experience as the journey to get me to where I am now and you know realizing that one of the biggest things I do is to help people with that word called belonging because mm. it's something I've been searching for for so long because I didn't feel as though the legal was something I chose. So if you don't choose something and you go into it for a reason, you know, you can spend a lot of time trying to find yourself. And I was yeah. trying to find it through my volunteer work. But then, you know, years later, realizing that belonging actually isn't a destination. Belonging is a place inside of ourselves. So that was my huge journey to, for all the trainings I've done, is gathering a toolbox for myself to navigate my own journey as well and then being able to share those tools with people from the plethora of tools that I've collected along the way because it's not a one-size-fits-all we're all so different and unique and that is what has me now doing what I'm doing now with lots of twists and turns along the way of course it hasn't all been ideal and perfect I've made lots of mistakes and that's mm. all good too <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big huge roller coaster isn't it it sure is well, Dolores, thank you so much for sharing that with me and that amazing journey that you've been on and you're definitely walking your talk. Uh, and just again, like we spoke a bit earlier about, you know, I suppose lots of people find themselves in careers that they didn't choose. And a lot, there's a great, great quote by Brené Brown and she says, fitting in is the opposite of belonging. Mm -hmm. So like, and you know, and look, I, again, I told you, I, I'm very familiar with that feeling of, you know, you're trying to fit in and I suppose it's that square peg into a round hole and really you, know, you can try and bash that square peg into the round hole and get a big hammer and, you know, get, you know, a bush, you know, like it's, it's the opposite of actually belonging. So I love yeah. that, you know, you're walking your talk and you're kind of, you know, you've shown that I suppose you can kind of change direction you know you can and you know you can kind of you know change direction and i suppose from that from the recession that was there was a really a, a silver lining in the in that cloud for you wasn't there for sure absolutely and it's funny i dipped back into law pre-covid and i got knocked out of it again <laughs> now i went back in kind of just working part-time helping someone out but it's just funny how it's like no you're not going back there you're staying with what you're doing <laughs> that's so interesting that's so interesting it sure well, is 
Thank you so much for sharing that with me, that amazing journey with me, Dolores. And, you know, like, again, you, you've such a fascinating toolkit. And I'm always fascinated by the toolkit that people kind of build up over the years, like you're a speaker, author, wellness trainer, holistic life coach, assertiveness coach, master medical Reiki practitioner, EFT therapist. Like, you know, when someone comes to you looking for help or if, you know, if you're looking... For, you know, like if you if you're looking for a tool to use, if you're working with a group, like how, how do you know which tool to use from that toolkit? Yeah, that's a good question. What tool you use, and I think that's why I I found myself I needed a variety of tools. So, you know, one of the the, the courses I did was called Healing with Presence and Beauty, um, and I, I love the name of it even because really, presence is coming into the now. And beauty is actually that journey of going within. Mm. So it is, I meet people where they are and not everybody is going to, you know, enjoy the process of talk therapy like EFT. So if somebody doesn't, you know, and we don't always have to talk, bash things out. So I like the different tools for the different reasons is that it's some people really, they're more analytically minded. They want that journey. Some people want to read about it. That's, you know, I've written books and I have another one called, another one en route or maybe one or two actually um but it's about that I like listening to podcasts myself I like the audio I like reading books mm. I don't always love to go and thrash things out you know at the moment let's say or maybe I have in the past it depends on where I feel like doing so I really bespoke would ask somebody I would create especially if I'm working with a group like I'm doing I'm working now with the with kids in the GAA it's really covering and bringing in as many tools as I can to suit a lot of different areas that someone is being challenged with for want of a better word because uh, and it's not that I'm trying to be everything to everyone but just there are ways I think when you have a lot of tools you can do you can suggest something to someone give them a tool even if they don't like let's say the EFT which is I can still teach them EFT to, to use as a tool, and especially with children. It's a great tool to help them navigate their emotions, but they don't have to come for a session, like let's say, but they can just learn. They can come for a session of something else, which doesn't require them to go back to the actual uh, thing that the, the, the start of the challenge, but they can use the EFT to support them. So it really is giving people a variety. And especially again, when I'm in groups, I've studied a lot about ADHD in attention. Um, not an expert on it, not claiming to be, but just knowing with from ex personal experience as well about things like emotional, um, you know, a rejection sensitivity and like that. So bringing that kind of thing into my work where I'm aware of it. And when I, I believe when we become aware of these things, we can then integrate them into our work and cover, you know, and give people more tools. I hope I've covered that and didn't go off on a tangent there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that because I suppose that's the beauty of having such a very toolkit that, you know, you have different tools to, to use. And I suppose really, you know, like you're actually meeting, you know, that person that you're working with or the group, you're, you're meeting that person where they, they are, are yeah. uh, which is the most important thing. And, you know, the idea of, you know, it, it being person centered. So, you know, you're not, it's not just a one size fits all, which, exactly. you know, like a lot of, 
you know, kind of there are coaches and therapists that, that use a one size fits all. But I suppose even from, you know, from my kind of nursing background and especially in mental health, it's the fact that it's person centered. So, you know, like it's about where that person is because we're all on different journeys. You know, we're all on different, unique journeys, roller coasters. So, And I'm not a very analytical person like that. And I think that's why, like, I do not fit into the thing that these are things you have to do. There's five ways of healing and you have to yeah. do this. And I don't do that because it doesn't fit me as a person. So, you know, and it's some people like that. And therefore, there are therapists that they can go to. You know, personally, myself, I can't fit into that because I feel, you know, I don't fit into things like that. And there again, it's that finding where you belong rather than trying to mold yourself, as you said, and hammer yourself into a template yeah. that just doesn't work for you. Well, I suppose, and like you, like I'm very kind of, you know, holistic and person-centered, but, you know, it, it allows things to be very flexible, you know, like it, it allows you to be flexible and, you know, like the person that you're working with to be flexible and open and it brings in that kind of vulner, vulnerability, mm-hmm. which is so important, isn't it? Yes, for sure. And I, I speak a good bit about as well, or I have in the past and still do, about um, when I'm especially in, in working with companies about having a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. Yes. And that is the fluidity like that you're talking about and the ability for us to be able to be not so set um, on this is the way I have to do it, you know, and it's really tuning in and seeing, well, what is it that you, you need for you to be more fluid and in order for you to get where you want to be on your personal journey, because like reaching your potential is a wonderful thing to say to someone, but it's not everyone's potential that is to be a CEO of a company. You know, Mm, someone's potential could be to be the best parent that they can be in the situation they're in. And that is just as important for that person to reach their potential with that goal. Absolutely. And again, Dolores, you know, like I suppose society and our culture these days has, you know, has a big focus on achievement and career and material goods and money and you know like actually another quote pops to mind i only saw it the other day actually Um, it's by a lady called martha beck she's a therapist in america she says the variety of an ordinary life is infinite and precious Mm, love it and i love that because you know like again like and i've done it myself I've kind of been in that kind of hamster wheel and kind of you know that whole career and you know that kind of rat race about material stuff and you know like the career and the money and the status and you know like you know the idea of people trying to climb this ladder but they're on the wrong ladder or the ladder might be up against the wrong wall so like again that that just that you know just to be able to kind of accept that, um, you know, like an ordinary, an ordinary life is infinite and precious and it can be different for everyone. Absolutely. And exactly. You know, there's nothing wrong with having money and all that. It's but as long as it's coming from your own true north and your journey is an internal one and getting validation internally, forming your own authority rather than looking outside for something because we never get what we want outside. It just becomes a want, 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 a need, 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 instead of tuning in to figure out really what it is that internally will set us on this uh, trajectory that will bring us more of what we want and and help us find that elusive ladder, (laughs) which doesn't have to be so elusive. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and just kind of diving deeper into that, Dolores, as we said about, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, let's say, finding your North Star. And I suppose, you know, you said there about, you know, finding your own North Star and your assertiveness, your inner assertiveness and finding your voice. Like you're an assertiveness coach. Like uh, the stats are, I, I, it's about 85% of people are on kind of you know, pretty unhappy in their jobs. And that's coming from, you know, Stanford and Harvard, like that's, you know, universally. So, you know, I know it's a big question, but what are some of the, you know, tips or advice or golden nuggets that you would share with, with someone listening to this that maybe is on the fence about, you know, kind of changing career, changing job, kind of changing direction and they're kind of not, you know, they're, they're not, hundred percent clear on it or maybe their you know their assertiveness isn't where they need to be what what are some of the tips you know again it's that it's self-mastery of your internal world because when we look i and what i do what i would do myself even as well it's like uh, and i you know I'm, what i'm saying here is respectful to people like in in the moment it's not always easy to look at what triggered us you know if you are triggered and when i am triggered um it's looking at what triggered me and being vulnerable enough with ourselves to really go deep and lean into that. Why was I triggered? Because that what our triggers and usually it's our relationships are the biggest triggers. They're like they mirror back to us what in our what in, what is in ourselves that we're projecting outwards. So our relationships, whether it's our kids, our partners, our work colleagues, they trigger us. And it's not always even consciously. But when we have the courage to step back regardless of how we've reacted and dissect that and see what triggered me there because really I find and it's not just me that says it I guess from all my studies as well we all have the fundamental needs like something like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you know a lot of a lot of what people come to to me about and other coaches is our sense of belonging not feeling like they fit in not feeling they're seen not feeling they're heard and therefore then you when you don't have those basic fundamental needs met it's impossible to feel worthy if we don't feel like we belong so it's the internal process of looking at what triggers us even if it's a daily basis whatever story we even if we have a lot of things but we want to concentrate on one what is the truth around what's really triggering you and and write it down because i think i just find journaling such and or even if you don't want to use the journal just writing it down it just sets off different pistons in the brain Circle the emotions that you, you felt because you're, uh, an emotion is a piece of energy that flows through us. You know, we are not angry people. We may have anger held within us. It's a piece of energy that we can let go should we wish to take that journey. So it's about identifying that what triggers us, finding out what emotion is being triggered, and then looking at how we can actually change that story that's triggering us because triggers can be, whoa, it can be even, we can be scrolling on social media and get enraged by a story we see, you know, that the person beside us might think, wow, I don't know why you're getting so uptight about that. Whilst they might agree that it's not a very nice story, they're just not as triggered as much. So the triggers really is, is the way I help people in to find out what is the story that they're holding? What energy are they coming from? What fundamental need in this particular story is not being met or perhaps has gone into your shadow um, that you maybe had to have a coping mechanism when you were young or whatever. We bring up this and we dissect it and we can either do this by talking or not talking. 
So that's the way I work, uh, Brian. Okay. And again, kind of um, in particular about, let's say, that assertiveness coaching, like, you know, like, let's say, again, because we could all probably use a, a bit more assertiveness in, in different areas of our lives. So what, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the kind of the, the steps people could take to be to be more assertive in themselves okay. in order to kind of be more kind of pointed towards their North Star? So assertiveness is, you know, it's, it's, it's saying yes when yes serves and no when no serves. So we can look again at how we're triggered. The word empowerment, the word in that is power. So when we are assertive, we are in our own power. We're neither powering over anyone, nor are we letting anyone power over us. Mm. So assertiveness is about looking at how you are with your personal power in relation to whatever dynamic you're looking at. If you're getting enraged, you can not take it down a notch and see what, because anger really identifies that our personal boundaries are being rattled by someone. So yeah. where are we giving our power away to someone and are not able to be assertive, we might be aggressive because there's three ways we act in relation to our personal power. We're aggressive, we're passive aggressive, or we're assertive. And most of us fall into passive aggressive. That I know people don't like the sound of that word, but it's okay because we do things because we're so used to doing there. There are habits. We say mm. yes, and then we're like, oh my God, why does everybody ask me to do everything? Yeah. So that's passive yeah. aggressiveness. I hear you, yeah. And again, I suppose that kind of, you know, if you say yes all the time and then people, everyone's going to ask you to do stuff. Yep. But you know that line, you, you teach people how to treat you. Yes. Absolutely. And I often used to say, do I have a sticker on my head that says yes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If I don't want to say yes, I have to take that sticker off my own forehead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's come up on this podcast so many times, Dolores, about boundaries yeah. now do, do, do they reckon that boundaries are the ultimate self-care and uh, again if you're a kind of a people pleaser and you say yes a lot you know you kind of do have that sticker on your on your back or on your forehead that's that says that you're you're going to say yes and you know i, I suppose the, the the you know the, the key thing is is to accept that and to acknowledge that and then you know to say to say to yourself right where can I build up my boundaries here because there's no point saying yes all the time and being resentful and kind of being worn out and you know draining your battery so it's it's all about kind of taking stock and you know that kind of radical acceptance that you know like maybe you do say yes a lot but the fact that you can change it like that you can have some ownership on it absolutely and you know we it's it's up to ourselves we do have um we do have the right to say no if no mm. serves us better. You yeah. know, if we say yes, then that is a decision we're making. And it might sound harsh, but when we really are, are truthful with ourselves, we can see that it's not serving us and that it's mm. causing us to be, as you said, resentful or exhausted or, or bitter even. And then that leads itself into just depression, anger turned inwards, depression. You know, it can lead us on lots of different ways. So becoming a search of is one of the biggest things I would say to people and minding your boundaries and the in I agree with you there is yeah. a very big part of that journey. And it's look, it's not easy. Like I've, nope. I've been on this journey myself and I would have been the kind of uh, very much a yes person and a people pleaser um, all my life. And I suppose it comes from childhood. Yeah. Like it comes from your programming in childhood, which you can't change, but you can look back. And as you said, you've said it a few times, you can join the dots looking backwards and you know, you can see that, okay, that's how I've been, but 
you know, to, to take ownership and to, to, to work on making that change from the inside out. Absolutely. And, you know, like you, you're like yourself, you know, you've turned challenges possibly into potential. So have I, you know, we can take ownership and be take ownership of what what happened, as you say, accept it. It does not mean that it was right. I always mm. stress that so much. But yeah. the only way forward is that acceptance piece and, you know, really saying to yourself, I want I want to change this. So I'm going to make the rest of my life now. Um, everything I do is going to be conscious. I do a lot of work with the art of intentional living, being intentional about what we do. Doesn't mean you're going to get it right every day. Doesn't mean I get it right every 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 day. Believe me, you know, it's a, but it's about that acceptance piece. When I, when I got it wrong, you know what, I'll try. If I want something different, I'm going to change the way I, I look at it and, and do something different. Yeah, I love that intention because... Yeah, um, I suppose intention is behind a lot of what we do. So, you know, like the fact that you can t- kind of t- take ownership of that. And again, like, you know, kind of going back to childhood, like maybe you might not always have felt that you had that ownership or you, you had that, um, you know, sense of agency. But again, like you, you can, you can, you know, like I love a quote by um, a guy called Jerry Weiss. He's a family systems therapist in the States. And he says, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. So, you know, you can, with that radical acceptance, you can look at the, that programming and some of the messages you got as a kid and change it. Absolutely. And allow it be the fuel that motivates your change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that, Dolores. And can you tell us a bit more about the books that you've written? Okay, so so far, I've, I've what, what, what's published are two children's books. So I wrote two children's mythological fairy tales in 2013, 2014, when I was on that journey of um, finding myself as well. And, you know, really looking at the playground dynamics with my boys as they grow up um, and see, looking at the playground and, and, and kind of looking at one or two children being on their own. And it's not that those children may have been anything wrong, but, you know, hearing stories about isolation in the schoolyard and etc etc got very interested in that in how you know watching my boys develop so I started studying emotional intelligence and I wrote these fairy tales based on fairies from Barna Woods in Galway who have issues <laughs> like yeah. first one is isolation in the schoolyard and it was because the fairy I won't go into it too much but didn't play football and that can you know he was left out he felt left out himself but it was yeah. an inner journey that the fairy did to find his own you know, North Star. But I also have a portal of free stuff on my website that I set up at that stage because I just felt that and I could see that not every child could verbalize even what they were feeling, you know, and nor did I have it all sorted at that stage, nor do I now. But I think, how are you feeling? How I verbalize that um, is where I, I'm coming back to it more again now, launching in the GA with kids is about that feeling piece. And so anyway, sorry, I won't go off on that, but there are my two books. I have also written a, a chapter on assertiveness in um in a, a, a book on Amazon that went in, in the leadership section. And I'm writing a book called Perception at the moment because it's all about how we perceive things. <laughs> uh, and I have a, a novel penned that's not out there yet, but one of these days, Brian. Wow, okay, wow, you're a busy woman, Dolores. I love it. I do a bit. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And can you tell me now, what's your favourite part of what you do and why? Oh, you know what? Going back into the GAA too, and I was PRO of our local club here for the last couple of years, but I and I was healthy club officer before that. But I'm my passion is going back in 
to the kids and helping them verbalize what they're feeling and call it mental fitness and how to build a dynamic team because I feel that's the only way sometimes you can bring uh, kids of a certain age in but of course in order to be a dynamic team everyone has to feel like they belong so it's that piece of kind of I'm not saying I'm tricking them but oops I'm selling it as in that they're they're going to be a winning team but you can't have a winning team if this, if it's only made up of one leading scorer let's say and everybody else feels like they don't belong yes. so that's where I'm really really passionate about passionate enough I just dropped something there on my desk when I was talking about it so yeah <laughs> I, I really have and it's I think with children and, and because we know that that's where where, where a lot of our um at the early developmental stages that's where it all begins and we start to you know, chip pieces of ourselves away, as Robert Bly calls the shadow work that I love mm -hmm. doing with people. We mm -hmm. spend the first 30 years filling up the bag that we pull behind us and we spend the next 30 emptying it. So we, as we integrate bits of ourselves that we knocked off in order to fit in when we were young, that's when we start to take back ourselves and our own vital essence, the real us that doesn't conform, that isn't a people pleaser and that just has our own authority assertively not aggressively or anything like that yeah i love that i love that Dolores, because i've got three kids myself right uh, 15 13 10 and as you know kids don't do what you say they yeah. do what you do exactly so i suppose that's and again i i've been on a big kind of journey myself the last few years um you know again looking at my north star and my values and you know like kind of you know reassessing things and that not only benefits you oneself but like it, the, the ripple effects that go out to your kids as oh, well definitely. And your family and your friends like and out into the world so it's it's win-win and it can be it's, it can be hard and difficult and you know it kind of you know the old kind of um i love that saying the best way to to deal with the skeletons in, in your closet is to take them out and dance with them yes yeah <laughs> definitely like, embrace them give them a hug because the skeletons yeah. are part of you you know it's in, in um in psychology it's called when we disassociate from parts of ourselves in yeah. the dynamic world we call it soul retrieval it doesn't matter what we call it it's about bringing pieces of ourselves back that we have disowned because we didn't feel like we were worthy lovable yeah. or whatever Absolutely. And again, it's 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 win-win for you, for your family, for, uh, you know, out into, out into the world. So it's, the, yeah, it's definitely worth, it's it's worth doing, isn't it? For sure. And I love that you're on the same journey. I think our kids are such our definitely biggest teachers. I'm definitely uh, better. Um, I think I, you know, I'm at a different stage with my second child than I was with the first. So, you know, yeah, uh, my journey has changed as well as I've navigated and gone deeper and you know, brought back my own shadows and integrated them. I, I feel I'm a better mother now, but it's never too late there again to start. Um, I'm not perfect, which I tell them a lot. 19 and 14, you know, they need to know that, well, they can see, you know, when, when they get to the age of 19 and 14, they know you're not perfect anyway. You, know, you don't even have to tell them, they know themselves. Well, look, thanks for sharing that with me, Dolores. And can you tell me now how you mind you? Okay, how I mind me? Well, definitely through writing. It's like it's the biggest thing that, and writing, but it's writing what comes up. When you start to write, you know, it's, um, as I said earlier, like different parts of your brain starts to, are fired up. It's rather than just sitting down typing or thinking about things. When you write, you really can go deep. And like, I am not afraid to go to the dark parts of myself anymore because I know that on the other side of that darkness is the light and there's a great um, picture 
I'm sure people are very familiar with it. Like there's a guy and he has a pickaxe and he's trying to get at the gold and he walks away just when there's about an inch left between the, the wall and the and the prize. Yeah. So, but it's like pushing, I push myself to find out why I'm getting the results I'm getting. And like, I've had my own issues with a lot of things, as I say, my own lived experience with a lot of things, but it's the, 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 the light is always on the opposite, no matter how dark it seems, there can be light on the opposite side of it. And it's yeah. writing for me, helps me to, to find that light. Okay. I love that. And I suppose you're also on that beautiful West coast. Yes. <laughs> which is kind of healing in itself, isn't it? Well, I love it. I love Galway. I love being by the sea. Um, I grew up by the sea and I, and I live not far from Salt Hill. I just love the sea. I find it, it's my thing. But equally, I love, I have, we have the woods close by. So definitely nature, I think, for all of us, because nature just is, nature can be phenomenally, can cause uh, carnage, but it can also be that levelling, grounding force that we can really frequency match when we go into the woods and just let go we the, we can just our frequencies like matched up with the lovely the balance of nature because nature just is absolutely absolutely and dolores where can people find you doloresandrew.com um i rebranded there during covid nothing else to do no joking but yeah it was nice you know going away from i had a lot of different websites my children's one and you know other things so i brought everything into just my name rebranded as me um doloresandrew.com and that's what I'm called on Instagram and uh, YouTube and all those other wonderful places we have online. But like cool. my website, I suppose, is the biggest um, resource that I would direct people to. Brilliant. Well, look, I will put a link to your website onto this podcast. And Dolores, look, we could talk at Christmas, but for now... Yes, I loved you, it. <laughs> yeah, me too. But for now, thank you so much for being so kind and generous and for sharing that amazing journey that you've been on and that, you know, fascinating toolkit that you've built up and how you're using that toolkit to help so many people. And the fact that, you know, like you're walking your talk and you've done the, 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 the journey and the, a lot of the hard work yourself and continue to do so. Have the and scars so, to prove it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know. And for, for sharing with us how you mind you and best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Brian, thank you so much and keep up the good work yourself. It's great that you're sharing so many people's stories and giving us all the opportunity to share what we do. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Mind You. And I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and mind you at brianbarneswellbeing.com.